Hi there, I'm Pastor Billy Logan. There are a lot of ways to engage with us, but I wanted to take a moment today to thank you for listening here on the Harrisonburg Church of the Nazarene podcast. For more about the church, please check out our website, abeaconofhope.org. That's abeaconofhope.org. You can also catch us live on Facebook each Sunday morning at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Lastly, we would love to invite you to our upcoming Christmas Eve services on December 24th at 4.30 and 6 p.m. We would love to have you at one or both of these services. I was thinking uh, this week about story, and maybe, maybe you resonate with this, that during this holiday season, there's like one movie, one thing that but you have to see. It's not Christmas until you see fill in the blank. I know that doesn't sound very spiritual coming from a, a preacher, but come on, you're with me, right? Like, we all have the thing. For me, I'm going to be honest, and the movie is not overly spiritual in any way, but my kids know what it is. Uh, it is not Christmas to me until I watch the movie Elf. It's not. It's not. Some of you have no idea, and some of you are a little disturbed. Like, really? That's it. Some of you, way more classic. Like, It's a Wonderful Life. That's your jam. That's cool. Some of you, it's Charlie Brown's Christmas. Some of you, it's the weird one with the leg lamp. I don't even know what that's about, but that's for you. I, they play it nonstop on Christmas Day. Somebody's watching it, I guess. But so, so whatever it is, you understand that it's Christmas when you identify with that story, that, that whatever it is, there's power in story, right? Whether it's stories that we read, stories that we watch, story is powerful. And the truth is, in your life today, you have a story. You have a story that you're writing. You have a story that's been being written about your life. And today you come in here with a story, with a real real life story about who you are in your life and your story may be filled with hard things and good things and ups and downs and twists and turns you may feel like I don't really have much of a story but each and every one of us come today with our story and the beauty of this series that we've talked about at Christmas called here comes heaven is that we serve a God who intervenes interrupts our story and throughout the Christmas narrative throughout the story that we're reading all throughout December we're seeing people whose lives are interrupted interrupted with good news with the kingdom it didn't come the way they thought but here comes heaven and so today we're going to be in luke chapter 2 uh probably the most famous christmas passage ever at my house i know uh, before we open the gifts this is the passage that we read together just to remind ourselves of what christmas is all about if you turn on your favorite charlie brown christmas Picture Linus coming out as Charlie Brown. What is Christmas all about? And he comes out with the spotlight on him. And this is what Linus reads. <laughs> so we're going to start there in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. If you have your version Bible app, follow along with us. We've got some notes included there. But this is God's word for us today. It says, the birth of Jesus, Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, we talked about him last week, right? Joseph, he also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, 
keeping watch over their flocks at night. Let's pause for a minute and recognize something that's a little odd in this story. This story is, last year, if you were with us during the Advent season, we talked about uncommon, that this is an uncommon story. This is not normal, but up to this part, we're a little bit used to the Mary-Joseph thing, and quite honestly, the prophecies throughout, throughout the story of God point to that. Mary and Joseph are important because they fulfill many of the things that have been promised, that he would come from the line of David, he'd be born to a virgin. But now we come in the story to shepherds, and we have to pause and ask the question, why shepherds? Why them? Why, why are they? I mean, the, one of the most important stories ever told. Why, why them? Shepherds, if you don't know, they're, they're pretty obscure. Even in this day and age, they, of course, watched sheep, which was not a, a very highly regarded position. In fact, they didn't have a lot of value to society except that they kept the sheep alive and they needed sheep. They needed sheep because in the temple, twice a day, they would perform a sacrifice. And so the shepherds really only value to society as a whole is that they had to protect the sheep, which were valuable. Shepherds were considered unclean. They were unclean because their job would take them away from the temple. They couldn't be a part of worship and the ritual of the day. And so they were really thought of as quite lowly by everyone in the society. They were, so why is it that the news of the Savior of the world comes and it doesn't come to the priests, it doesn't come to the distinguished of the day, it doesn't come to the who's who? Of, no, 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 it comes to lowly shepherds. And here they are, minding their own business, watching their sheep, doing their duty, and here comes heaven. Let's keep reading in verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Don't miss that. The glory of God showed up around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I got to tell you today, I think we need more good news in our world today. I'm just here to tell you. And, and I'm not, you know, you watch your news, you do your thing, you get on your social media, whatever you want to do. I'm just here to tell you, I've had enough bad news for a lifetime. I, I have. And so I've just got to tell you today that you might have showed up today and you might be just living in a, a bad, talk about stories I love. My favorite story as a kid and, and as an adult is a, a childhood book called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. And some of us can relate to that in our life. We feel like our lives are just filled with bad news. Filled, like, like you, even here, you come into church and you just, you just have this spirit about you and you're just expecting negative things in your life. Because I, and I get that because I live in the world that you live in, but the message that we're talking about today, the best story ever told, the, the best message is good news. It's good news for your life right now, no matter where you are. No, I mean, you could be shepherds on the outskirts. It's good news for you. Why? Because it's great joy and it's for all the people. That this message isn't for some, this message isn't for the elite, this message isn't just for the Jews, we'll read that later as we come. This message is for all people, this is the greatest story ever told. Let's keep reading, let's keep reading. This is good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you, he is the Messiah, <laughs> he is the Lord. This will be a sign you will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God 
and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace on whom his favor rests. These shepherds had nothing to offer. They had nothing to offer, but yet they are the ones who experience the glory of God. They are the ones that are to tell of the Savior's coming. And let's see what their response is in verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, whoa, that was weird. No, that's not what they said. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So verse 16, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. <laughs> this morning, the greatest message, the greatest story. I brought today a little book of my own, and this is not, um, this is not big. There's not a lot of pages here. This is not anything that will ever be published, but I have a few of these that I use from time to time just to jot some notes and some thoughts, and some of you are journalers. That's your thing. Lauren is a big journaler in our house. She does it often. I'm not, so I would be like pretending up here to be like, look at my, no, no, but, but every now and then, you know, I, I just feel inspired to write things down, not just digitally, but, you know, old school, right? And, and so today, I want this to symbolize me, my story, and you can tell that this is in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of eternity. When you think about all the people that have lived way before me and probably all the people that live way after me, my story, man, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty insignificant, so it seems. But if I were to look through the story of my life, I would see, you know, the different ups and downs, the things that maybe I don't feel are that important, but it's my story and it's my place. And oftentimes, uh, when we come into the Christmas season, and there's all kinds of people in the room today. Some of you are invited here, and you don't know anything about Jesus. And you just showed up because somebody, somebody made, you know, it's like tradition, got to go to Christmas, it's Christmas, got to go to church. You took a wrong turn on Boyer's Road, and you showed up here or something. You just, you came in the room, maybe you're curious, and we're so glad you came. But I acknowledge that some of you are here today are skeptics, and I'm so glad that you felt like you could show up in the room today, and I hope you feel welcome. There's others in the room today that this is kind of your perspective when it comes to you're writing your story and you get to a place in your story and here's what we do. We say, um, okay, God, I, I believe in you and you're good and powerful and you love me. So God, here's what I want you to do. You see on page four, I hit like a speed bump there. I need you to come and help my story. I need you to come show up in the midst of my story and, and something good to happen. I want you to come. God, you can see it's kind of messy here. And No, 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 not one through three. I've got that covered. But page four right there, you can see I need you to show up. And so what we do is we invite God into our story. And we even think that's what Christmas is kind of about. We show up here and, oh, Savior, born in a manger for me. God, would you come? And here, here's my, here's my story, God. I, I'll, I give you permission. Look, you can have the whole page right there. Would you show up? And, and that's what we do, and that's what we think that Christmas is all about. But the message of Christmas is not about us inviting God into our story. See, you see the message of Christmas is acknowledging that long before this moment, God was writing his story. And his story has existed long before you and I showed up. And his 
his story is the best story ever because it's a story of redemption and a message of hope and a message of good news of great joy for all people. And so when we come to Christmas, it's not about God, would you show up? I invite you into my story. Christmas, the power and the miracle of Christmas, here comes heaven, is that the God of creation who's been writing the story since the beginning of time, he invites you and I into his story. Do you see the difference? When I show up here, I'm like, well, God, I can spare a little bit here. Or God, I'm really out of money. I need your help. God, I feel hopeless and afraid. So God, please help. That's us inviting God to show up on one page in the midst of our story. But what God does at Christmas is he, he opens up heaven and he sent his son from heaven to us and invited us forever to be a part of entering into his story. Do you see the difference? It's not, God, would you bless what I have? It's not, God, I've got my plans laid out. Would you show up and help me here? It's stepping back and saying, wow, God, what if you have a better story for my life than I ever could imagine? What if, God, you have plans for me that I never acknowledged in the miracle of Christmas? Here comes heaven. Is not that we allow God to, oh, okay, you can have this part and this part. No, no, it's that we step back and acknowledge that the God of the universe is inviting us to be a part of his story, to enter into his story, and our story becomes his story. That's the miracle of Christmas. You say, well, how is that true? Well, why is that true? Think of the shepherds, and think of why, simply and profoundly, that if the Savior of the world... If the Savior of the world, and this is God's plan, right? If he was going to present himself to anyone, why would it be shepherds? They had no credibility. They didn't have money or wealth. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't write and document a story and spread it. You know, they, they had no means by which they were important to anyone. But why is it that they're included as the Savior of the world shows up? I, I think the answer is pretty profound. I think it's because the shepherds are us. I think we are the shepherds. I mean, think about it. Often, as we've been trying to find our place and identify in the story, but most times in life, you and I are not going to really identify with Mary. I mean, think about what she was asked to do, an angel showing up. You're going to be pregnant. No, it's not his. It's the Holy Spirit. Most of this has to be hard for us to really relate to. Even Joseph, as much as we talked last week and what he was asked to do, to be the father of the Son of God, that's mind-blowing. But when we see the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, we're seeing people that we can relate to. Why? Because they had no significance in and of themselves. They seemed like kind of on the peripheral of the story. They didn't seem like they had any business being main characters in this narrative. And I won't talk about you for a minute. I'll talk about me. I'm going to be honest. That feels like me most days. Most days I don't feel like I have anything that special I don't feel like my story is much worth reading. I don't feel like there's anything about me that the Savior of the world would want or need or desire. I feel pretty unholy. I feel pretty unnecessary. I feel pretty unworthy. And that's why the shepherds are so significant in this story. Because the shepherds show us that he came to be the Savior for all. The shepherds are there in the story to remind us that all people, all classes, no matter your past, no matter how distinguished or undistinguished you feel, you are invited to enter in to the greatest story 
ever told. The story that was being written long before you took your first breath and the story that will continue after your last breath is breathed. It's the story of God and you are invited to enter into his story. This is the truth. This is the bottom line of Christmas. The bottom line for us is that Christmas means, Christmas means he came for you. That's Christmas. He came for you. I, I could summarize literally thousands of years of prophecy and lots of really good stuff in, in the Gospels of Matthew and, and Luke and all good stories. Lots of things we've talked about in the weeks to come. We'll talk about on Christmas Eve. We'll talk about next week. It's all good stuff, but I will summarize all of it in this one sentence that Christmas means he came for you. He came for you. He came for you. We hear that. Some of us in the room, we know that. There was an, as soon as I said that, no one was like, whoa, I didn't know, right? But the reality is, some of us in the room can think that Jesus came to be the Savior of the world, but not for us. We can believe that he loves everyone, but not me. Because you don't know my story. You don't know the things that I've dealt with. You don't know my junk. You don't know the ways that I failed. You don't know the ways that I fall short. And so we can believe that Jesus loved the world, but somehow believe we don't qualify. We can believe that everyone else in this story deserves love and grace and forgiveness, but not us. In the beauty of Christmas, the reason that this matters is because in the midst of our story, when we were the shepherds out in the field, when we, we were just kind of doing our own thing, we had nothing prestigious about us, nothing important about us, we were not considered important by anyone, here comes heaven and interrupted our story and forever invited us to be a part of a story that's far greater than anything you could ever imagine. It's his redemption story. You see... The Christmas story, it was an interruption, but more than that, it was an invitation. An invitation that I'm inviting you. The God of the universe is inviting you. You who were once enemies of God. That's what the Bible says because of sin in our lives, that we were enemies with God. We were outsiders. We were lost. We were worthless. We were a mess. But the message of Christmas is that even though we were enemies, even though that we were insignificant, even though that we had no business being a part of this story, Jesus came anyway. He came anyway. You had nothing to give. You had no reason, no reason to be worthy of this kind of gift. You had no reason to deserve this, but Jesus came anyway. And because of that, you have incredible hope. Because of that, you have a Savior because of that, Christmas means that he came for you. That in a room this size, you may, you may feel like the most insignificant, the most hopeless, the most messed up, but the power and truth of the gospel is Jesus said he would leave 99 to go after one that was lost. And today as I prayed for you, and as I prayed for us, you know who I prayed for? I prayed for the person that would show up today that would feel so hopeless and would feel so skeptical and would feel so excluded from this whole Christmas thing. And this morning as I prayed, my heart broke for you because I want you to know Christmas means he came for you. And he came with a divine invitation. 
that you could be a part of the story of God, the plan of God, his redemption in the world, that Jesus loved you enough to come and he didn't stay here. And he didn't just come to teach us lots of really good things, which are important that we read and we study. That's not, he came to die. The baby that came in the manger came to ultimately die on the cross for your sin because you were a mess. And you had no hope. And, 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 and some of us are like this, right? And I think of men, but I know there's ladies like this too. You ever have a problem? Like maybe it's something going on in your house. Or for me, an obvious thing I think of, I hate when I can't find something that I know I have. And it'll be like 11 o'clock at night and I'm scurrying through the house looking at, you know, it's not even that important. It just bothers me that I know I have it and I can't find it, right? Some of you are, are like problem solvers. There's a problem in your house, and next you're like ripping drywall out and pulling things apart, and I'm glad I don't live with you, but I, I know who you are. Like there's a problem, and you want to solve it. You, you're looking at YouTube, and you're going to the store, and it doesn't matter the cost. You want to solve the problem. <laughs> See, the problem with sin, it's a problem that we can't solve. <laughs> and man, we try. We come to church as much as we can. We clean ourselves up, and what we show on social media looks really good, and we try to play the part, but there is nothing that you and I could do with the problem of sin to fix it on our own. We needed a Savior, and Jesus came, and he died on the cross for you. Christmas means he came for you, and today, today, I want to invite you to do something that I'm not very good at doing. Just this week, we were talking on our couch, and Lauren, she said it in a really loving way, but she said, you're so bad at receiving. It's true. She said that. You're so bad at receiving. Isn't that true? Especially this time of year, you get that gift, and you're like, oh, I didn't need this. I didn't want, oh, you didn't have, you know, I don't know, whatever we do. Instead of just, remember, like, well, I'm telling you, when my kids get a gift, they're like, Mom, Dad, no way. They're dancing and woo you know? Some of us need to learn to receive in the greatest gift that's ever been given for you. Jesus came for you. And you just could receive it. You're not good enough for it. I'm sorry. You're not worthy enough. You'll never work hard enough to. So, so just stop and receive. This morning, I want to invite you to bow your heads, and I, I just, I want to pray for you, and so I'm going to ask you this morning, if you would, to just close your eyes, and why do we do that? We kind of do that so we don't get distracted on others. We can pray with our eyes open. There's nowhere that says we have to, but, but sometimes it's just good to still our hearts before a holy God in kind of a, a moment, really a here comes heaven kind of moment in the midst of your story. I just want to pause for a minute and be still because the presence of the Lord is here today. And I believe there's a few people in the room that need to receive the gift. Maybe you've known about the gift for your whole life. Maybe this is the first time someone's ever told you. But today, I just want to invite you to receive the greatest gift that was ever given. Christmas means he came for you. And today, if that's you, and you've been running, or you've been a skeptic, or you've been, you've been wrestling with doubt, and today, for the first time, you're saying, man, I, I, I want to receive that gift. The baby in the manger, he was born for me. That's my Savior. 
today, if that's you, I just want to pray with you. And so church, I'm going to pray, and man, would you pray with me? Because some people in the room today, they're going to put their faith in, in Jesus today. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time, they're going to put their faith in. So church, as I pray, would you pray? Because I believe right now this is a holy moment. This is a divine moment. This is the most important moment of Christmas right here for some people in the room. And so if that's you today, you don't have to get out of your seat. You don't have to get up and wave your hand. But I'm going to ask you right now to pray this prayer with me in your heart. In your heart. Would you pray this with me? Jesus, I believe that you are my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. Lord, I admit that I can't fix this problem. But thank you that Jesus came. Today I choose to turn from sin. I choose your story for my life. I repent and ask for your forgiveness and believe today in faith that Jesus is my Savior. I choose today not to fear, but to trust. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Today, if you prayed that prayer, he came for you. He's your savior. He came, not so that you could just invite him into page three, paragraph two of your story, but no, today so that you could enter into his divine redemptive story. And today you get to be a part of his story. Thank you again for listening here today. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to us at info at a beaconofhope.org. That's info at a beaconofhope.org. If you happen to be in the Harrisonburg, Virginia area, we'd love for you to join us at 1871 Boyers Road in Rockingham, Virginia. We meet every Sunday morning at 9 and 1030 a.m. in English and then at 1145 in Spanish. Celebrate Recovery also meets here each and every week, Monday nights at 6 p.m. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please be sure to subscribe in order to get updates and new episodes.